Welcome to episode 158 of Auto Off Topic. What's up, Brad? Not much. What's going on with you, Andrew? Oh, not too much. Looks like you went to a junkyard. What uh, What were you doing there? Are we just Are we just jumping right into this thing? Yeah, what else do we jump into? Oh, I don't know. I guess we could talk about that. Yeah, so you went to a junkyard. Uh, well, you posted to our Instagram page. Yeah, I got a hot tip that there was a 78 Colt in a yard here in Phoenix, which is not a very common not a very common thing to be in a junkyard, uh, especially a normal car junkyard. So I decided that I would uh, make a trip over there because there's a bunch of stuff I could use between my two cars. Mm-hmm. So um, a friend of the show, Moises, who lives about two hours from here, was also interested in going to this yard because there were a couple of vehicles he needed parts off of. So um, he's actually the one who told me the car was there. So I met him there, uh, and we did some some junkyard diving for the day. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was a good, good, good time. But the car was missing stuff that you needed or was broken so the only the only thing that i really need um for the 78 colt is a passenger side taillight because mine has got a crack in it um and this one at the junkyard also had a giant hole in it actually oh yeah weird all of that the car was 100 percent complete so it was really irritating yeah somebody threw it in the junkyard yeah i'm not sure exactly what happened um the car was like partially through a restoration the paint had been stripped off of it in a lot of places. A lot of dents had been repaired. Um, it had been repainted once poorly before, but they were clearly getting ready to do it correctly this time. Um, it has four brand spanking new tires on it, which I'm surprised they left on the car in the junkyard. Well, they don't fit anything else because they're probably like 13s. Yeah, yeah, they are, they are 13s, yeah. But they, I mean, they're brand spanking new tires. They're in perfect shape. There was still a receipt inside the car from like two years ago for the tires, and it had maybe a 1,000 more miles on it since that receipt, so... Um, but I mean, the car was like complete, complete. The seats had been recovered. Um, like I said, the dents were repaired under the hood was all redone. The motor looked fresh, had brand new looking timing belt in it. It was very strange, very strange to see it there. So maybe somebody passed away and the family just didn't want to finish the project or. Oh, you could take the engine out of it. I have no need for it on the 1.6 engine. It might've been, yeah, like it might've been in a house or at a house, and somebody, or in storage somewhere, and somebody lost that storage and couldn't get the car, and so just other people just junked it for him. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, I'm tempted to go back and grab all of the bolt-on body panels. Um, it's just finding a place to put them or a vehicle to transport them in. <laughs> um, because that tan Colt that I have in the yard, the main problem with that car is the rusty doors, trunk, and hood. Um, and I don't know if I'm ever going to finish that car, but if I had the rust, the doors, trunk and hood for somebody, it would make the car worth putting back together because all the hard to find parts would be there already. So I'm not, I'm not sure what the plan is going to be yet. I may or may not go back. Um, the yard is pretty cheap. It's like $40 a door, $40 for the hood or $48 for a hood, $40 for a trunk lid. So it'd be less than 300 bucks for all the fenders doors. Yeah, it's pretty cheap. Do they have any Monteros out there in the yard? Uh, in this particular yard, I saw one Montero Sport, but no full-size Monteros. So, I mean, there were a lot. there's a lot of stuff. I didn't go all the way into the SUV section because I wasn't particularly looking for anything. Um, but you can search their inventory online if you wanted to. Yeah, I'm looking for a better compass because my compass is, like, worn out or something. Like, the, like you can't yeah, see I, it. You can't read it anymore. 
I did the cursory look over the roof line looking for a uh, Montero roof line, like across the roofs of the trucks, because they're pretty distinctive looking roofs on them. Uh, and I did not see one, so just that Montero Sport was the one I found. There was some really neat stuff in the yard otherwise, too. I mean, people would be so mad seeing what gets junked out here that live in the Northeast. It's absolutely amazing. There was a... I forget what body style they call it, but like a 92 F350 crew cab XLT four-door, like long bed, four by four. Every panel on the thing was pin straight. The paint was still shiny. The interior was complete. There was no broken glass. Like, the thing was perfect. Hmm. Like, it was a perfect truck. I'm sure there was some mechanical fault with it, but nobody in the Northeast would throw that truck away. It would definitely get fixed. (laughs) It was absolutely immaculate truck. Well, it would have rotted away before anybody would have, like, thrown it in the truck. But that's what I mean. Like, if if somebody had that vehicle in the Northeast and it was in that condition to this day, no matter what the mechanical malady was, it would have gotten repaired and put back on the road. Because they just, you know, they don't exist like this. I mean, it wasn't, it was mint. Like, it was like, if you put wheels on it, I would have thought somebody drove it there to pick up parts. Like, it wasn't, it's not a junkyard type vehicle. And there's a lot of cars like that there. Uh, This particular yard had two uh, 95 and 96 uh, Mirage LSs with the 1.8 like ours was. Which are pretty uncommon. Um, And there there were two of them there. So it was kind of a neat place. But I got a couple of minor things I did need. Why don't you pull that engine? Yeah, I. again, it's all about getting down there with the right vehicle to bring it home in and a place to put it. Um, currently still living in the apartment life, you know? So I, I, did grab a, I did grab a couple of things off of the 78 Colt, some minor stuff that my vehicle would need. Um, the clips that held the trim on the rocker molding were still in good shape. Oh, right. So I grabbed, I, I grabbed those because mine are junk. Um, it had one good window latch for the pop-out rear windows, so those are worth their weight in gold. So I, I grabbed one of those, uh, and my Colt has the antenna. I have the tube on the windshield, but doesn't have the actual antenna inside of it. So I grabbed the good antenna, the good antenna off that car as well. So I, gra- I grabbed a few little things, but I should definitely go back and grab the bumpers because they were nice. Yeah, my that's cool. Are a bent, bent in the rear, so. Whatever, minor little things. Some, I'm, sure, somebody, I'm sure I'll go back and... Uh, actually, yeah, one of our listeners, Nate, wanted you to look at a junkyard up here, right? You should... Uh, I did, yeah. You should give me that info, and I'll try to get up there for him, because we didn't get no, to I it. Already took, I already, no, I took care of it already. Oh, you did? You already went up there? Yeah, the last day I was there, I went there, and they don't they don't have the part. So they list the part for sale. They don't have the part. Ah. It, it's, they, it's an older inventory. They said that it was no longer an inventory, yada, 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 whatever. They didn't update their inventory, so. Uh-huh. They said anytime you see something on the site that's, like, pre-95 to call first. So, they didn't actually have them. It's according to them. They, they might have been there out back somewhere, but they don't want to They don't want to bother for 1980s car parts. So, which sucks. Yeah, uh, most of the yards out here got cleared out for... Uh, cash for clunkers so anything really old is yep. gone well i mean the, the yards here did too but there's still so much old stuff out there that they're still getting new inventory in the old cars so and that's why this colt was the colt's only been in the yard for a week and a half oh weird so it was no, nobody had touched it yeah nobody had touched it before we got there weird. so it was 100 100 complete still yeah right now i'm regretting not grabbing the bumpers yeah 
everybody's got their feelers out there. They're like, they're like, did did a Mitsubishi get dropped off at a junkyard? Like my my knee is acting up. Yeah, I feel like it. Yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. So I I knew about it about a week ago, but I had so much going on last week and this weekend because I went actually went to San Diego this weekend. Um, I just didn't have time to go over and and do anything until yesterday. So. But yeah, I would have been there even earlier. But yeah, I, I think I'm probably going to go back. I'll probably wind up grabbing the at least the rear bumper because mine's bent, and then I got to think about the rest of the, the rest of the parts for the yellow car. We'll see what happens. I, I don't I don't need them. I don't need to spend the money. That's the problem. So it's one of those, like do I or do I not situations, because who knows if that yellow the tan colt will ever even make it out here. So if it doesn't, then I have a bunch of doors and stuff for. I mean, I guess it'd be good to have them for backups in case something happens to my car, but I don't know. Whatever. I'm not going to stress about it. No. no. I'll, gra- I'll grab the bumper and, and go from there. Yeah, because I think somebody needed that, right? Somebody wanted the front bumper. Yeah. But I want the rear bumper. Why? Is your bumper... Oh, it's twisted, right? Yeah, it's twisted in the back. Yep. Um, there was also an AMC Eagle wagon in the junkyard out here, uh, and it had the factory fog lights on it which the factory fog lights on that are, uh, is it Marshall that has the little cat face? Mm-hmm. So it had those fog lights on it. I was going to grab those, but Moisey spotted them first, so he got those ones. Oh. Otherwise, yeah, if I was walking in front of him, I would have taken them. Because <laughs> those um, would have been good those, underneath the bumper of your blue Colt. They would have been cool on anything of, like, late 70s through the 80s, and they're... I, I went home and I was like, I wonder what a set of those is worth. And they're like two hundred to three hundred dollars on eBay. Wow. So yeah, now I'm super upset. <laughs> so like the factory style that came in a lot of cars of the era. So actually also fun fact, I found out that they also came on ninety three laser RSs. Huh. Yep, one year only, only laser. Which is very strange. Yeah, very strange. So, yeah, that's about uh, what I did here in the past week. Um, I do have some project car update. So, I think we left off the last episode where I said that the future time machine said that everything was all good and the Saab was finished and the Eclipse door and the Eclipse door was painted. Oh, right. Yeah, we talked about the Saab real quick then. We can talk about the Saab, sure. You got on an airplane. I did. And then the Saab was on the lift so i was like well i'll just finish it for you no big deal so we did get the at first we didn't have the right axle which i think maybe we talked about uh i don't think we did no because we thought it was correct yeah uh and then we got the correct axle and it fit right in uh and of course like i said it would it took me like 20 20 minutes to just do the clamp Um, right and only that side was clicking the other side, the boot might yeah, be the torn other a little fine. bit, but it's fine for now. But the car needs four-wheel brakes. Like, I think they're just seized up because it's got a spongy pedal right. and the ABS light's on, and it grinds like crazy when I drove right. it down the street. Yeah, no question. Car sat for a long time, so that's unfortunate. I had it on the battery tender, though, for a day and a half, and the battery did come back. I didn't have to jump it. At least, you know, you'll probably have to jump it now, but... Um, it, I did nurse it back to to use it, and once the car is up and running, it sounds pretty good. So that might be a good car to save for uh, your East Coast rental car. Yeah, my car, and I come back and do things. We'll we'll see what happens. All right, 
Yeah, the Saab, I would um, I would pay someone to do all four breaks. I wouldn't bother doing it because it'll take you like four days to do it if you came back here. Right, right. I still might just get rid of the car um, only because in order to register that car there, it's going to take full insurance and full registration because it's not old enough to register as an antique. Um, so I might just wind up still selling the car. Um, that's a whole other topic for a whole other day, but we'll see what happens. But I want to thank you for finishing it. I mean, I wanted to finish it before I left, but obviously with the wrong part coming in, I couldn't I couldn't do it, and then the car was apart in your lift. So thankfully it wasn't too difficult, but you got it back together, so that's good. Yep. Yeah, so we took that out. Um. Oh, yeah, so what happened with painting the Eclipse? So it's painted. It's painted a I color. Was so... Yeah, I was so happy with the color that we used, or I used on the bottom of the car, that I went back to the same paint shop, gave them the can that they mixed for me, and I said, hey, duplicate this color again. Um, and it has a formula right on it, so they know how exactly how they mixed it. Um, somehow, apparently, they didn't make it the same, because the top half of the door, the paint came out really nice. It's super smooth, super shiny, super deep, gloss, good paint, but it is bright orange yeah that orangey red yeah so the entire car is red except for the top half of the driver's door which is now bright orange yeah it's like a so it's like a common garden tomato red ah it's so orange where you need (laughs) more of like a a, like a red red pepper or something yeah i mean if the whole car was that red it would be fine you wouldn't notice that it wasn't red you'd be like oh it's red not orange but against the other red the car is just like the color is so off, even if I had blended it into the fender and the quarter panel, it wouldn't work. It would just look, it would look like a fade paint job. It's so far off. Like, it's it's not it's not good. Unfortunately, I also did that the last day I was there. So I had to just put it away with an orange door. And when I come back, I'll have to drive it back down to the paint shop. And be, I kept the two cans of paint. I'd be like, hey, this is what happened. What are we going to do about it? Can we make the right color, please? So, and hopefully they won't charge me for it. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. But it's going to be tight now because I'm not coming back until, you know, a day or so before Radwood. And the car is supposed to be done for Radwood. So that's going to put me in a bit of a a bit of a jam. Worst case, uh, we'll park it with that side against the bushes. No, it's going to be done. Yeah, there's, there's no there's no two ways about it. It's going to be done. So it's there's, there's a dent on the other side, too, that I don't want to you know display either. So... <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I just haven't had a chance to have... I was going to have PDR fix it, but I haven't had a chance to do it yet, so... Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'm annoyed. Uh, yeah, speaking of project car updates for, like, Radwood stuff, um, the Gallant, I went to do the throttle body, which everybody was kind of 50-50 on, like, no, you can do it yourself, or no, you should send it out. Um, yeah, throttle bodies are like brake calipers and turbos. Just Just send them out to someone way easier pay the extra money because uh yeah it was, it was a, lot of, it was super a lot of work. pain in the ass to do yeah i can imagine it's the it's known and i knew going into it from all the tutorials like the little butterfly the little screws that hold on the butterfly plate or the throttle plate um they're these tiny little m4 machine screws and they like to season there um because they either have i didn't see any evidence of loctite but they're they were probably peened over 
which is very common. That's the way carb carbs are set up. So um, one of them came out perfect with the JS screwdriver, like a little tiny struggle, and then it just unscrewed. And then the other one was like, nope. Uh, and we heated it with a mini torch, put oil on it, used an impact driver on it for a little bit. But you can't really hammer on that tube or the, the rod because it's split in the middle. So the butterfly valve goes in between it and sandwiches it. And if you hit it hard enough, you will bend it. And there's a lot of videos of people like really railing on these things. And you're like, no, 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 you shouldn't do that. And this one actually, you could tell was squished a little bit because getting the throttle plate out and back in took a little bit of massaging and some white grease to get to slide in there. So, um, we eventually, uh, my dad and I had to break out the drill press and those fancy rare, drill bits he had. Yeah. That's a, that's a rare occasion. Uh, those drill bits, those machinist drill bits, man. Oh my God. So good. Uh, with the drill press, that thing went straight down the middle of the screw. I mean, you're talking, this screw is four millimeters yep. by 10 millimeters. Kept it cause it we went right down the middle of it. So doing that, and we didn't go through it all the way, but we went right down the middle and basically stopped. It kind of releases the tension on the threads. And then I had tried to cut a slot in it. We tried all the normal stuff first. All the normal ways that you would do this. And nothing worked until we used the drill press. And then we started to tap the edge of the slot with a punch, and it started to turn. And then I was able to turn it out with a flat blade. And there was much rejoicing. Yeah. And then I went over to my favorite, one of my favorite old school places over in uh, Wakefield, Mass., which is Metric Screw. They sell all Metric hardware. And I brought one, the good screw over there. And I was like, yep, I need this. And he comes back in like two seconds. And they have, they have an Allen key head, which makes it a little bit easier. Right. And hopefully it will be stronger than the ones that are in there, if it ever has to be done again. I will never do it again, but it's in there. Um, I know how to get replacement ones. But, and then actually, once you get that apart, like you unwind the throttle spring, like that's super easy. It's like three turns, it unwinds. The shaft comes right out. The seals go in super easy. You put a little grease on them to put the shaft back in. You wind the throttle spring back up three times. It's like super easy. Even the, the water valve underneath is not that bad to do. Um, use the impact driver a little bit on those screws and a little bit of heat because they're in aluminum and changed out that gasket. But there was no signs of that one leaking. Um, the, the shaft seals looked a little dried out and like kind of crumbly. So it was probably good that I did those. And then interestingly, I thought I had put the plastic BIS screw, BISS screw in this, the BIS screw in this car. Uh, I must've confused it because I definitely put one in the town cause it blew out one day on the highway. Uh, cause the original ones were metal. And they would corrode to the throttle body and then probably crumble. And that's probably how the one shot out of the talon one day. Right. Under boost. And then it, uh, so I think that seal was a little dried up too. Uh, I have a new one coming, a new seal and a plastic screw. I should have that Saturday. Um, that should seal everything up. But immediately it idled a much better. That's good. Because that was, that, was that was the thing. And the rev hang, is the rev hang gone? Uh, I actually haven't driven it yet. Um, oh, really? It should be gone. It seems to be acting fine. It it didn't have um, people thought I had the idle surge. It didn't have the idle surge. Um, that's very common. It, 
it it's still just idles like an old Mitsubishi, but the rev hang was the big thing where it was not doing any engine braking. The only really difficult thing was the screw, right? Yeah. Getting the throttle body off the car, you can do in 20 minutes. Right. It's like, and getting it back on the same, it's like you can have it on and off in less than an hour. But so the, the screw was the hard part. So you're exactly. saying you wouldn't do it again just because of that one step. Exactly. It wasn't worth it. It took me two days just to do that. Right. Like not two entire days, but it delayed me two days. Like I right. could just sent now, it out and had somebody do it. But now you know that and now you replace the screws with something that's hopefully better. Why wouldn't you then do it again yourself if you had to? Because I don't want to deal with trying to get the screw out. And basically, if I have to do another one... It would be my Talon, which has a very specific 1990 throttle body. Uh, it needs different gaskets and stuff. And the guy that does them has can specially do the 90s, so I would just let him do it. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I just wasn't, wasn't sure if that was the only problem why you wouldn't just do it again, but I get it. You just don't, you just, you've been there, done that, don't want to do it again, let a specialist handle it. I um, but... Uh, that car, that was pretty much all that car needed. It needs an oil change. That's about it. Oh, it's probably got like, there's some dripping oil. It's probably the drain back tube for the turbo. Those seals like to wear out every couple of years. They're super easy. I got to get a couple of those and reseal it. Um, so that car, yeah, basically getting it ready for to be used at Radwood because I told my dad he could drive it down. He'd like that. Um, so he's, dri- he's driving the Galop? He'll probably drive that. It's easy to drive. For him, mm-hmm. AC works, kind of sit upright. My mom might go too, so it's a pretty comfortable car for him. Awesome. Um, but the Talon, uh, as people would make fun of me on the internet for, had gigantic retro uh, ride height because it was on stock springs. Wheel gap for days. Yeah. So it was on stock springs because the AGXs with the iBox blew out as they do. Uh, so then I found a set, this is years ago, to just swap them over just so the car could be driven of uh, AGXs with stock springs. Those were on eBay. They were like cheap. They were like 200 bucks for four. And I just put them in there and they worked for like three or four years as intended. Uh, and the car rode great because it was the stock spring. Um, right. But it was super tall and weird looking, especially with the aggressively wide tires. Um, so I decided to finally get coilovers for it that I've wanted forever. Um, I went with the, it's cool because back originally when I wanted them years ago, there wasn't many options. You get like tines, you get ground controls, you kind of had to assemble them. Um, then there was like a whole rash of like really cheap stuff that was made overseas um, but finally, uh, apparently this company feel, uh, who buys, they, they source their products overseas, which is fine. Then they assemble them here in the U S to their specifications Yep. and they use Swift Springs. Uh, everybody well, the, the optional Swift Springs, optional Swift Springs. Swift Springs. So, yeah. uh, I would not get anything but the Swift Springs cause I've, I've had other coilovers with Swift Springs and they're really great. Um, but I, I had originally seen them listed on the glantvr4.org, uh, and most people that had them really liked them. So I was like, all right, let me give these a try. Uh, 
and they are pretty fantastic. Like the the quality of how they're made is really nice. Uh, they fit perfectly. The only thing you got to do is the front uh, brake bracket because it's got the hard line and the two split soft lines and it bolts to the strut. You have to spread it ever so slightly and then it will thread in and you can get the bolt through it and it'll thread in. Like it just needs to go over the little mount on the coilover. It's not quite perfect, but whatever car they had to set up was probably a little different than every other car. Yeah, that's a minor. minor yeah, problem. that was literally and, and the car, only you, thing that was like gave me trouble. And your car being being a ninety, there's so many like little things that are weird on a ninety that I wouldn't be surprised if it was a ninety one and up, it'd be fine. So that was, and then the rears don't have brake mounts. You can get optional ones from them, but um, it's fine. I just took two zip ties and zip tied them to the the body of the the rear coilover, um, which I've had. I've got ones that were like um, hose clamped to uh, shocks before. It's not a big deal for those. It literally, it's like a weird junction point for the two soft lines. I don't know why they don't just use one long soft line, but whatever. It was a weird thing that they did. But they fit really great. They're easy to set up. Um, It's kind of cool because the top hole is slotted on the knuckle part. So you can kind of jam the knuckle in, get some negative camber that way, and then you have the top plates you can adjust with. Um, and then the adjustment is from like 1 to 30 as far as stiffness. So I've got them set 2 from soft, uh, and they've got 7K springs. I've got the car pretty aggressively stanced. Like there's probably an inch and a half of wheel gap because I, I don't want to hit the fenders. And I want I like functional. I don't want it slam slammed. No, you're not looking for style here. You're looking for... Well, you want it to look good, but you also want it to be usable. Yeah. Um, it rides real well. Like, way better than I ever expected. And I'm not just saying this because I just spent X amount of dollars on these coilovers, like... And I'm trying to save face. Like, I I am really shocked at how well these coilovers ride. Because I'm used to coilovers from, like, 10 years ago. And I had cheap ones on my Civic. I had expensive ones on my STI... I had zeal functions, zeal with a Z, like zebra. Um, but those had 12K, 10K springs. I mean, that was a heavier car. And it rode okay, but it was, like, pretty jarring sometimes. It rode better than your Honda did. It did. Uh, the Honda had way, it was way oversprung. Um, but it handled pretty good. Um, but I am shot. Like, if if I was like, Brad, drive this car, and I didn't tell you that there were coilovers in it, other than it being low... You could not tell, except that it handles. Except that it handles really well. Well, it, ne- it needs an alignment, so it handles a little bit weird because the the steering's off, but the the front toe is a little off because when you lower thankfully, it, the, it changes the toe. Thankfully, there's a shop around the corner from me that does corner balancing and aligning and everything right there. So yeah, well, I might try my hand at it with the the plates again. Well, I think on that doesn't car. doesn't cost me anything to try with my. I can try yeah, to set I, it up I, I just myself. Think on that, I think on that car, I would just send it to them to have them do the corner balancing and everything, just like your uh, STI was. You know, because you spent the money on the shocks, make sure you get them set up yeah, right. Yeah, well, there's some rear adjustments that That's my theory. might be seized up, so I need to uh, make sure that they're free for anybody to try to align it. So I'm going to do that first, and I'm going to do my own alignment because I'm interested in it. I want to try it and experiment with it. Um, and if it sucks, then I'll pay somebody to do it. Right. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Um, it looks really good with the wheels. It does look really good. Yeah. I also went under the hood and I was um, I took off the timing cover that I had sprayed like with really shitty like crinkle paint back in the day because I thought it looked cool with black crinkle. And I used uh, that citrus strip stuff that we use on Hot Wheels cars and stripped yep, all the yep. paint off of it. So now it's just the plain original gray. And then I'm going to – I've got okay. the, new, the valve cover I restored. So I'm going to put that on with a new gasket because the car needs a valve cover gasket. So it'll look more original under there. And then I can redo all the uh, vacuum lines with the, the silicone stuff because that needs to be cleaned up a bit. Right. And if I'm really crank on it, maybe I'll get the front mount installed. Not that I need that for a car show, but it looks pretty cool. You're really fast in the parking spot. That's right. I will win Radwood. No, I will win nothing. Win parking Win parking lot entry. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked there's going to be a show there because we have you know so many cars coming from our just between us and our parents, we're going to have like, I mean, our, our ridiculous amount of cars. Cause that's our, our wheelhouse obviously is the Radwood era between, you know, the cars I have there. My father has the pair of RX sevens, his Corvette, yep, his Celica. Oh yeah. You know, I really want the Corvette the to go there. Oh, Corvette's definitely going. It has to go. I told him that was a, a non-negotiable, Mm-hmm. Non-negotiable car. Of all his cars that are going, that car has to go. So, and obviously his black RX-7 if the weather is nice. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. So, all right, cool. It's coming up pretty soon. I think that's all for uh, project car updates. Um, we've got there's Southern New Hampshire Cars and Coffee, September fifteenth, I believe, for locally in Salem, New Hampshire. It's Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't be making it to that one, but everybody else should go. Um, of course, uh, Radwood is, we said October 13th, or is it 12th? It's a Saturday. It's a Saturday. It's a Saturday of um, Columbus Day weekend. Yep. Um, just go on. So I, just, think, I think that's the 12th. Just go on radwood.co. You'll, you'll see it. Um, For sure. We've got some, Craig, don't tell me. You want to do those? I do. I do. Actually, I wanted to remind people, too, that uh, on the West Coast, I'll be going to JCCS. Oh, right. I just got I got my approval letter in. Oh, approval, that's exciting. email. Yeah. So I'm stoked on that. Now I got to go get the Sapporo all cleaned up and ready for the show. Wow, that's so really cool. That's, um, yeah, it's the 21st of October, uh, September, excuse me. Dude, so that's super, super cool. Yeah, a little less than a month away. So I'm pretty pretty stoked on that. Yeah, so. that's awesome. Yep, yep, can't wait. So it's 9 o'clock in the morning at uh, Marina Green Park in Long Beach, California. So the Sapporo will make the trek. That I've heard is an amazing show. I've been as a spectator once before, and it was a really good time. So I, uh, I'm excited to be going as a participant. Um, I was a little nervous they weren't going to accept my car because it's not 100% perfect, and they are a... It is a curated show. It's almost like a concourse of all Japanese cars. Right. Um, but I think that the story of the car and the rarity of the car kind of brings it to a different, lets it in, you know? So, yeah, no, I'm stoked. So, a little bit of preparation work to do for that. And uh, Yeah, is there any, like, maybe some... Does anybody have, like, uh, parts for that thing to, like, fix up a couple things, like the grill and stuff out there where you are? 
problem is I have a grill and I left it in Massachusetts. Oh, all right, so, we'll yeah. talk about that. So I'm gonna see if maybe I can, maybe we can get that shipped out here. Um, it's in my dad's garage. Um, yeah, there's a couple of minor things I'm gonna do. Uh, I don't want to get too deep into it because I don't want to have the car. No, 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 no. <laughs> do like just do some detail. That car needs a few detail things for now. Don't don't get into like restoring it. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna fix some stuff like the paint on yeah. the front bumper. Um, would be nice to have fixed. Um, the dent on the front edge of the hood. I will see if I can get that done in time. Um, those are the two. Those are the two biggest things that let that car down. Yeah. Um, and we'll see what happens. I mean, I might make another half inch of lowering in the front just to make it even with the back, and I don't know, we'll see what happens. But I gotta talk to our friend Ron, who has the car in his garage right now, about uh, schedule when I can down and work on it and get ready to go. So. Oh, and also, I need to re—I need—I need, I need yeah. to reseal the transmission. I was just gonna say, too. yeah. He, if he has anything to say about it, he's gonna tell you to reseal the transmission. <laughs> yeah, we're we're gonna do that. That's definitely on the uh, on the docket of things to do. That's so strange how that happens because it doesn't leak out until the car has been sitting for at least two weeks. So it's like the the pan has to get up to a certain level before there's enough like water or, or fluid weight. To push it through whatever the small crack is in the sealant. It's a bizarre leak. But then once it starts coming out, it just, you know, there's probably a quart in the pan of the car. So I got to get that taken care of first. But yeah, but the, that, the front bumper, maybe the hood, but definitely the front bumper. Um, maybe the taillight surrounds and just, just clean it up a little bit. Not Nothing crazy. I don't want to ruin the originality of it either. So. All right, cool. Uh, ready for some Craig Craig Don't Tell Me? Oh, I'm ready. All right. Would you like to start or you want me to start? Uh, yeah, I'll start with this one. Okay. Uh, I'm going to skip some stuff so you don't get too many hints. Paint is mostly stripped, interior stripped, and ready to be refinished. Currently has a, uh, Chrysler 440 big block with a 727 transmission, not running. Dual back wheels, heavy duty frame. This is the bigger dually version. Body is aluminum, front end is fiberglass. What? Yeah. Throwing you for a loop. So it does have the wrong engine manufacturer. Okay. So it's an aluminum body dually. So is it a van? Okay. With a fiberglass nose? That's what it says. God, is this some like 70s, like shag carpeted Star Wars van? No, (laughs) no, earlier. Earlier? It's a dual rear wheel earlier than 70s. And it's fiberglass. So fiberglass technology didn't even come along until the early to mid-50s. So it's probably 60s. Man, is it like a Divco? But it is an off-brand. You're close. Do you want a hint? Is it international? No. They, They didn't do a van. Uh, it is, yeah, it's a Grumman. Grumman. 
So it's a so it's a Grumman step van, like a '65 Grumman fit, step. It says van. it's a '55 Chevy Grumman curbside step van. Maybe the year is wrong. Okay, the '55 step van. That's cool. Yeah, yeah but no, it cool. could be '55. It could be. Yeah, I, that's that's really cool. It's only twenty six hundred dollars. Actually, I like those a lot. Um, I don't know why. Yeah, because nobody wants it. <laughs> I don't know why I like those a lot, but I really do because they have that like typical like van that you would have just drawn a van delivery van yeah. from like the late 50s through like 1989 they didn't really change it's got insane um, patina and i go like. back to i go back to that show i forget the name of the show was that rutledge wood did years back yeah um where he built that step van with like an ls7 or whatever in it um and it's it's really stupid but i kind of want something like that it'd be a good barts hauler motorcycle hauler and while still being old but that's neat yeah, you put it on a new I'm surprised frame. I went that deep on that one. Yeah, yeah. All right. You want to give right. me one or I'll do the other one? So I, I get another one right here for you as soon as I get my phone open. So this is a replica of a movie car. Okay. Um, so it's either an Ecto-1, a DeLorean, uh, a Plymouth Fury. None of the above. Really? So I found this car, and I was excited to do Craig Craig Don't Tell Me About It, which is why I suggest that we do Craig Craig Don't Tell Me this week because this one is pretty fun. And actually, we might, I might take some screenshots and post them somewhere. Um, so this is a replica. I'm not going to say anything beyond that. Uh, he does want $35,000 for it. History. This car was converted by a doctor in California into the blank from the movie Blank to bring it to a hospital for kids. Being a blank fanatic, he left no detail out right down to the custom symbols stitched into the door panel. When this car made the local newspaper, Sony decided to take the car one step further and outfit it with enough top-of-the-line electronics, I will list them all in the features section, to make the space shuttle look like a toy. The doctor eventually tracked down the original blank car and let this one go. Now, it will be sold from my private collection. Trust me, there are several private auction houses that would love to get their hands on this baby but only a chosen few get to witness those types of auctions. This way, I allow everybody a chance to own this piece of history. Uh, clearly, it's a Batmobile. It, it is a Batmobile, yes. Um, you know what the giveaway was? Pl- Bring it to the hospitals what? for kids. Okay. Features, please read everything this car has to offer. Every time you sit in it, you'll notice something new. So now you need to let me know what kind of vehicle this Batmobile is based on. Exterior. Starting up front, you'll notice a very neat turbine-style wheel with the bat symbol painted above it on the hood. The symbols on the car are not decals. They were painted on in the most professional finish I have ever seen. The paint is shiny and black between the finish and the symbols. It must have cost a fortune alone. People in this business that have seen this car estimate the paint job must have been between nine dollars and $11,000. <laughs> Making your way outside, you'll notice the bat ears on the roof and the wings on the back. The back of the car sports dual exhaust pipes, a pretend turbo jet type exhaust, and a really sharp bat emblem. I don't know if sharp means like good looking or like don't touch it, it's gonna cut your finger off. The rims are alloy style with bat symbols in the center. If you notice, the doors have no handles. They open by remote on your alarm key ring. Don't worry if your battery goes dead though, or you lose your remote. There's an overrider under the car. Under the car has purple hover lights that look really cool at night. As if people weren't going to notice you anyway. It's going to be based on a C3 Corvette? It is not. 
Really? It is It is General Motors, though. You are in the right family of cars. But it's not... Um, so is it like a, a Tim Burton Batman? Uh, was it the 89 Batman? Yeah. Yeah. My it's standard, interior. I, I might not have gotten that right. I feel like it was Tim Burton. The Michael Keaton one. Michael Keaton. Yeah, well, Tim Burton might have been the director. I don't know. I think he was. Uh, interior. This is the fun part. This is a car. This car is a one-seater with the entire control center next to you and a Batman head behind you. You will see all the bat emblems in the steering wheel, gauges, and shifter. Under the shifter are five switches. Switch one is a master. Just a master switch is all it says. Switch two, three, and four operate automatic doors that are secret. Actually, they are secrete compartments for your electronics. You flick those switches and the doors open and close automatically. It looks awesome and impressive when you change a CD and the door buzzes open. Switch 5 operates the purple hover lights under the car and the lights that reflect off the chest of the Batman head behind you. See the pics. Here's the list of electronics installed. Sony Nav, Sony Preamp, Sony Magic Link with Pager, Sony Magic Link Skytel card, Sony Tendus Changer, Sony Hi8 VCR, Sony CD player, comes the Batman theme on CD, an Alpine Bat phone, it keeps going and going and going, Super Nintendo game system with the Batman Forever game, yes, right. it comes it, the game that plays Batman. Is it, a, was it based on a Camaro? No. All, no. All the manuals for those electronics have been included, as well as the original 1973 blank owner's manual. It's Due to all the, do, no it's not. Due to all the electronics, the car comes with a plug that plugs in under the nose so you can use to keep the car charged if you're not driving it that often. It is a four-cylinder car, I'll tell you that. Um, there is nothing... It is not a Vega. There is there's nothing on the car that really changed it to a Batmobile except for the giant turbine added into the hood. What was a 70s GM car that was a four-cylinder... That was not a Vega. Think a little more international, GM. Uh, oh, oh, an Opal. It, it is an Opal GT. Yeah. <laughs> I have to send this link to you only because, I mean, just because. It's listed for sale in New York. Um, Thirty-five grand is at least one extra zero over what the car actually should be. Um, I don't know where this guy gets off thinking it's the greatest Batman Batmobile replica of all time. Weird. Because it's it's an Opal GT with a turbine cut into the nose and a bat ear on the on the roof. In my head, I thought it was a perfect replica of like the eighties Batman Batmobile. It's not a perfect replica of anything. But that's that's how this guy is selling it at thirty five thousand dollars. So that wasn't really a fair Craig Craig don't tell me because it was um completely off the wall. But did you get the pictures of it there? Or are you waiting till after the show? I'll wait it? till after. I'll look at them. All right. All right. All right. Your turn, sir. I got one for you. 7.4 liter, 454. Four-speed manual, rear-wheel drive, factory AC, Holly carb, runs and drives good. That's it? It's a 89 Chevy pickup truck. You are close. <laughs> uh, am I wrong on the year or the make of the, of the vehicle? You're wrong on the year and the make. But the right family. So it's a 88 GMC Sierra. All right. You're so close. It's a 86 GMC okay. High Sierra. High Sierra. Uh, the giveaway was big block, manual transmission, and then they specified rear-wheel drive versus being four-wheel drive. Camper edition, uh, C3500. And it's like 
a dark brown with a gold stripe. It's very cool. cool. And it's a dual. Very cool way. Very cool way to get eight miles per gallon. Uh, a neighbor here at my complex has a 93 454 crew cab dually 3500 GMC Sierra. Um, and he reports six miles per gallon out of his truck. So I don't know how he drives it every day, but he does. All right. I have a listener submission. That okay. This is possibly the first listener submission that wasn't sent somewhere for both of us to see it. Okay. So this might, this might be the first one we can actually do. So this one is from uh, Travis Umro. Um, so thank you for sending this in to me. Um, it is actually a Facebook marketplace, so it's Facebook, Facebook, don't tell me. But, but it's okay because it's the same, same theory. One of a kind. Very few of these left. Blank, 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 blank. Mechanic special. Worth restoring. Great car. Runs good. Needs work. Exterior, good condition. Interior, good condition. Both back tires need replacement. Electrical issues. Exterior, white. 16 miles per gallon city. 24 miles per gallon highway. 19 miles per gallon average. Automatic, 4.6 liter V8 V8 rear wheel drive. One of a kind. Very few left. So hopefully, one of a kind, but very few left. So, I mean, is it one of a kind or are there a few? All right. So we're, it's a Ford. It is a Ford product, yes. You get the 4.6 V8. Yeah. Is it the modular motor car? I don't know. Is it that modern? When did the mod motor come out? No, it's not. It's too old. Huh. All right. I, th- um, I think. When, when did the modular motor come out? Mid-90s? No, it's too old. SN95 had the mod motor. Well, it's, not it, the first it, year. It predates that. Yeah, because the, the, the 94 Mustang was still a... Five liter. liter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it predates that. So this is a 4.6. Okay. Not mod motor. Okay. Um, I'm going to say it's a pickup truck. I'm going to say you're wrong. Okay. All right. All right. Wrong, wrong direction. All right. Then it's. Um, Typical features alloy wheels, cassette player, dual power seats, dual airbags. AC, cruise, power locks, power steering, power windows. I'd say it's like a two-door town car. You are getting closer, but you're still off. Okay. Um, is it a mid-80s Thunderbird? Nope. You are closer with the other guess. Really? All right. So... I mean, I, I should probably tell you it is a town car, but it's not a two-door town car. So it's a four-door town car. It is a four-door town car, yes. <laughs> But like the mid '80s one, like the boxy one, is it a limousine? No, it's a regular town car. It, but it is it is not mid '80s one. It is later than that. So is it like a hearse or something? No, it's just a regular sedan. Oh, okay. That's it. it? Nine, I get it? So yeah, you got it. '93 town car. So you, you got you got there eventually. It was just an interesting ad. How it's like, yeah, good condition, needs work. Good condition, but needs work. Everything's perfect. Has electrical issues. One of a kind. Very few left. Worth restoring. <laughs> so, 
That is one vehicle. All right, your turn. I got one more after that. All right, yeah, I got one more after this one. Or we can finish here um, after you give me one. Um, a pristine example of the last American full-size convertible. Caprice. This is the one year that is considered the best and most collectible. Uh, let's see without giving it away. Uh, it's a GM. It is a GM. It's either a Riviera or a Caprice. Um, not surprisingly, many purchased as investments. <laughs> Surprisingly. <laughs> um turn uh teamed yeah it says teamed land yacht <laughs> land yacht might have been coined for this American convertible. Teamed. Okay. Tips the scales at two uh, a full two and a half tons. That's a big boy. Any guesses so far? So it's definitely GM I think the last full-size convertible, I said Caprice, but I think they went after it with Pontiac, would be like a Grandville. It's more upmarket. Grand Prix. Bonneville. Bonneville. Wrong mark. Olds 98. Nope. Ritzier. Cadillac Eldorado. Yep. I don't know. Was that the last of the convertibles? Uh, I don't know. According to this guy's ad, the 76 Eldorado was the last American full-size Cadillac. Last American full-size convertible, sorry. Um, I I would like to dispute that claim, which is why I didn't, I didn't go Cadillac right away. Cadillac would have been my first guess based on all the other things that they were saying. But I don't think that was... I don't know. I, I could be wrong. I don't know those particular vehicles. I should have guessed you would go Cadillac based on your current uh, Cadillac work. Yeah, they're kind of they're kind of interesting cars. I'm getting kind of into them. Yeah, well... That is weird. I'm glad you put some uh, um, coilovers in your sports car to remind you that. Although it 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 does ride pretty well with the coilovers, not Cadillac well, but it rides pretty well. Yeah, I can't see what in the last. So what year was that? Seventy six. Huh. So the Caprice ended in seventy five. So maybe it is. Anyway, one last one for you, sir. All right. Okay. The blank is a off-grid blank with 87,000 miles. Okay. This this old church vehicle has been given a second life. Sporting an eye-catching custom blue Raptor liner paint job, powered by a freshly serviced V8 with automatic transmission. It's expedition-ready. A reworked front end, 2-inch lift, with five new all-terrain tires. Custom front bumper with 12,000-pound winch. This capable vehicle will get you where you need to go. Uh, Mid-80s Ford Econoline. You nailed it right off the bat with the Econoline. It's a little later. That's a 93. Okay. So this is a 93 Econoline with 87,000 miles on it. Uh, it's not four-wheel drive, I don't think. No. Um, well, they made conversion. converted, wouldn't it, right? Yeah, they, 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 made, they made conversions. Like, like, Quig- like Quigley was the thing. This one is not converted, so it's just an old church van that they've built into a camper-style vehicle. It's for sale here in Arizona. So it's extra long. It's extra long. With terrible breakover angles. Uh, has The front is actually pretty good with the custom bumper, but the back has got a pretty... It doesn't have like a super... No, it does. It is a super long van. Well, those yeah, are approach terrible. angles, but the length is the, your breakover. Yeah, it's terrible. It's really long. Um... Where is the price? I saw the price earlier. 
They probably want twenty grand for it. Always oh, more than that. What? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. All right, I can't buy that price. It was something like forty-seven thousand dollars. That's crazy. It's insane. Basically, what amounts to a stock van with a bunch of electrical work done to it. Oh, because of the church van, they call it the Holy Roller. By the way. All right. <laughs> so I'm kind of okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like that. Yeah. So they're a custom van shop in Flagstaff, um, Arizona. So they're in a high-end area, and they do a lot of high-end conversions. But there's not a lot of high-end stuff in this van to make it, you know, thirty or forty thousand dollars, whatever it was, price-wise. It was pretty pretty ridiculous. But anyway, that is all. All right, that was fun. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, and then just uh, just finally to wrap up, um, there's just been some sad automotive car news. Uh, Jesse Combs was was killed during a high speed run up in Oregon. Yeah, yeah, it's she was going to break her own record too. Yeah, um, not good. But from all accounts, uh, we apparently knew a bunch of people that have met her, and she apparently was yeah. just a really like a genuine, genuine person. To everyone, so that's a super bummer. Um, but you know, at least it was like it was kind of on her terms, I guess. So. Yeah, I mean, it's almost cliche to say it, but the whole she died doing something that she loves. Yeah. You know, I mean, you don't, you obviously you don't want to die no matter what happens, but I mean, I don't know. I, there's, there's nothing to say about it other than it's terribly sad, and she was like 36 yeah. years old, so it wasn't, you know, she had her whole life Just a her, genuinely so. well-loved person, so that's just, yeah. that's the bummer part about it. Yeah, it really is. So, on that note... um, we're going to wrap up the podcast. and uh, I think so. As always, you can find us on Facebook, Auto Off Topic Podcast, Auto Off Topic on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram, Race and Anger. Brad, where can they find you? They can find me on Instagram at TSISS350. All right, sweet. Keep cars analog and aim for the roses. Aim for the roses.